Hello. Thank you. I'm gonna. I feel so close. I'm gonna just back this up like here. Is it weird that it's off center? I don't know. I don't care. Well, hey guys. I'm Michaela. I'm excited to speak to you guys tonight, and I do want to get into the message and um, kind of share with you guys what's on my heart. But first, I just this is something totally random, but I felt like I wanted to start off and talk about this. Is um, we were just singing that song, "Another in the Fire," right? Everyone, "Another in the Fire," and a lot of you guys are new to church or you're new to UD, you're new to the idea of having faith in something and believing in God. And so you haven't read the Bible. I get that. And so there's this story where these guys are told that they need to bow down and worship a different God and not God. And these three guys had such a strong faith in the Lord that they said, we would rather die than worship your God so crazy, like, rather die. I remember thinking that when I heard that story, like, okay, if I was in that position, what would I do? Like, would I die or would I say, okay, I'll worship a different God? Like, that's hard to be real with yourself in that situation. So what happened is they, you would think, okay, well, God is really strong and cool and awesome. So if they say that they'll die for God, he'll just like, you know, snap the other, kill the other guy. That's not what happened. They actually were put in a furnace, straight up, into a giant fire. And that's what this song is talking about. And what happens is that the guards are, are put there to, to guard them in the fire and make sure that they go in it and that they, they die for not worshiping this other god of the king. And what happens is that there was another in the fire, that there was an angel of the Lord who came with them in that fire and that the guards turned and said, how is this possible? They see the three guys with a fourth standing in there. And that's what this song is talking about, that there's another in the fire. And just in worship, um, I just felt like there are some people in this room who you have never felt the Holy Spirit before until tonight. And that is exactly what those men experienced when they were in the fire, that there, there was someone else in it with them. And so, even though this is totally backwards, I just want us to close our eyes right now and just bow our heads all around this room. And um, we're just going to have a moment um, for you to respond and receive Jesus right now. If for you, this is the night where you experienced the Holy Spirit and, and you don't know what it means, but there were some tears falling when you were standing in worship. There was something going on in your heart. Maybe you felt it before, but tonight there was a conviction in your heart that was different than ever before. I just want you to shoot your hands straight up and we're just going to pray. Just shoot your hands straight up. Lord God, thank you for every person in this room with their hand raised. Jesus, I ask that you would come upon them right now, that you would make yourself known to them in their heart. God, I thank you for the souls right now that are sealed into heaven with this decision that they're making. And God, I thank you that you are assuring them that you have seen the struggle, you've seen the fire, you've seen that they've denied the other gods, and that they're willing to go with you. And you're acknowledging and honoring that decision. 
with no other hands raised in their row, you're honoring their decision. You see the one. You see them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for going there with me right in the beginning. I just felt like that's what we needed to do. So I'm going to drink some water. Um, yeah, let's give a shout for Jesus. <laughs> um, well, hey, I'm Michaela. I have a really just cheap mascara. Susie probably wouldn't approve. But when I wear it too long and then my eyes water, it's going to make my eyes burn. So it's just going to be bad. I'm so sorry at this point. But um, I am super excited to be with you guys tonight. Um, the title of my message is just weird. And you're going to be like, this doesn't make any sense. But it will just, you'll be able to remember it because it's a weird title. And the title of the message is Progresso. So you can write that down. Progresso, like the soup, not Campbell's. Progresso. I know, fancy soup. It's not fancy. It's actually, it's like cheap fancy. You know, it's like when they put natural, they put the word natural on something at the store, and you're like, that's a healthy product. And you're like, no, it still is $1.99. That's not, it, it can't be good for you. That's not right. But we're going to, that's going to be the title of the message tonight, Progresso. And I first, getting into the word tonight, I just wanted to thank you guys all for being here. Um, I, we would not want to be here if it wasn't for you as individuals. There would be no point in this happening if you weren't sitting in these chairs to have this big camp. And we are here, uh, to lift up the name of Jesus and to draw closer to him. And I just want to assure you guys, if you right now are doubting if it was the right decision to come, this is your sign you were meant to be here that God doesn't make any mistakes, and he handpicked you and placed you to be in this room right now. So whether you just showed up for the night, whether uh, you decided three days ago, <coughs> a bunch of you, um, okay, the amount of emails, I swear. But whatever it was, you were meant to be in this room. So be assured of that. Um, I know that when I, like Taylor said, didn't like UD, I didn't like coming to youth group, I thought it was weird, uh, but I went to my first camp that God is so faithful that even when I didn't want him, he pursued me and I was still impacted despite my resistance. So no matter how hard you run, I just want to let you know that God's just going to run farther and his Holy Spirit is bigger than your resistance. Um, not to scare you, but just to let you know how loved you are and how much God is pursuing you. Um, but I went to my first UD camp in, I don't know what year. It all blurs together. It's probably like nine or ten years now. I think this is my tenth summer camp. So we went to this place called the Dunes Bible Camp, and that's kind of where it all started. The Dunes, you guys, the Dunes was really cool because it was on a beach. But the thing is, we live in Washington, so it's not sunny. It's not like, oh, free time, let's go lay on the beach. Like, you're like, no, free time, like, let me dig a clam. I don't know. Like, there's no, <laughs> you can't do anything on the beach. And you just get, I don't know, there's like sand in your socks, and then you get in your sleeping bag, and you're like, I hate my life, and <laughs> it's just bad. I remember there was a, a, you guys know we have the water slide here, some shenanigans going on on the water slide, but there they had a water slide that just sucked. It just wasn't even anything. 
and it was kind of like my pool in the winter. It was just filled with sludge. It was just bad. If you know, you know. And people would slide into it straight up. I think it was like CIT initiation or something, and like Kwame would slide into the sludge and just be hilarious. But I um, have, like Taylor said, I've been where you guys are as a student, and I went through my whole uh, teenage life being a part of UD and being a part of this house and uh, with Taylor and Noel under their leadership. And I just want to give it up for Taylor and Noel who have been so faithful to lead Undivided and just are incredible. So we thank, thank you guys. Um, and I was thinking about kind of my journey um, to kind of this stage right now where I'm at. And so I wanted to um, just embarrass myself. And so I went back into my Instagram and I pulled up some beautiful screenshots. Um, and so this is me being vulnerable to you and we're gonna go ahead and roast my Instagram. Um, so <laughs> it's actually really weird. Some of the posts, they're not that bad, but they're just bad, okay? So this photo, a bunch of people are in this photo, are still in this room. Family photo from Bite of Seattle yesterday, hashtag crew. I put a three for the E. That's not cool. That's so dumb. Like, I, I thought it was cool. 2013. I thought, Susie will remember. I probably asked her about that caption. I was like, is this like, like, that's cool caption. And we're literally on like a nice piece of artwork in downtown Seattle. Don't do that. That's so tacky. We're like literally all sitting on this thing. But we had a really cool, we had a great friend group um, in high school a lot. All of those people would have been at UD camp all through high school. And we had so much fun. You guys go to like Boba. We didn't do that. We went to, I don't know. We didn't, what did we do? Village Inn, the Hansons. River. That's all. We went to Seattle one time and thought we were cool, so we posted a picture. Um, that one's bad. Next, next photo. Uh, we got Cameron Murray, like, just acting like he didn't want to be there because it's okay. I know Cameron. It's okay. It's hard out there. This is our Devo group from when I was like a sophomore, I think. Devo group from sophomore. Uh, this is that was how bad that Starbucks used to be. Okay, we can roast this one. I just put Scotts. Like, I thought that was cute. I thought that was cool. This is just a blurry picture of a freaking diner window. That's not cool. Like, don't be like me. Look at, I got 13 likes. We need to go back to that. We need to go back to the fact that I got 13 likes on that photo. And if you get 13 likes on your photo, you go. It's okay. Because in 2014, I really thought, I was like, this is indie. Like, I am cool. And if you know me, you know that, like, a little part of me, like, wants to be Indian, wants to, like, I don't know, live in a van or something. But, like, in reality, I just posted blurry photos in 2014 with, they get 13 likes. Okay, next photo. I love that one. Um, that is actually a funny caption. I said the blurriest picture I've ever posted, but it's not true because the one before it was the blurriest photo I had ever posted. Jake Hansen is in the middle. Yeah, I know. Big TBT. I had my hair at the bottom for like, I swear, like 
two, a year and a half was just dyed red because I was on the red team. And I just left it after that. Don't be like me. That was so bad. Mom, my parents are in the back. Everyone say hi to my parents. <laughs> Why did you let me do it? The red hair, it was just bad. They just supported my individuality. But it was painful. The, the like, thing around the waist, that was in, it was too long. It's not a bad trend if you're wearing a thing around your waist, flannel, but, like, it was every day. Everyone on the worship team, ev like, literally every flannel around the waist. I think that the shoes in that photo I still have, so remind me to throw those away. Um, next photo, I don't know if there's any more. Is there one more? Okay, neon night. Neon night. Some context for this photo is in the, the neon shirt in the middle is Alyssa Stallings, now Murray. And we were, that was our senior year. And we, we were begging our two friends, um, Jake and Mitch, from our AP something class, English or something. And they were like, you know, they were like jocks who were like secret smart, you know what I'm talking about? And you were like, I know you have depth. Like, you need to come to church. Like, let's go. And we brought them, and everyone was like, who are these people? You guys know when, like, the new cool person comes to UD, and you're, like, looking over, and then you follow them on Instagram because you're creepy? Yeah, I see you. I see you. That was us. We, th we thought we were really cool because we brought new people. And we were. Bring your friends to UD. Um, and this, I think this is my last, my last photo. My caption is, oh, okay, you know, just faking candids. That's just so cringy. That is actually the cringiest. But in this photo, two of my really good friends who, um, well, literally all of my good friends, but two of my good friends, you guys probably know Lexi and Lorna in this photo. One of them, like, works on staff at a church now, which is super cool. But that was my volleyball team, and that was before we had a really cool screen at the church. So we just put up, like, a black board as the background. That was literally our, 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 our version of creativity. It was just a black board in the back. It, it was not cool, but we actually made everyone clear out, and we were like, no, guys, we're taking photos now. I'm like, okay, that probably took, like, 40 minutes to get. That's not even a good picture. Like, I need to archive it. And the last photo, the cringiest of all. This is David's truck. Summer nights are just around the corner. Like, this is just bad. Just, you know that was a fake candid, too. Who, no one, we weren't just sitting in the truck like that. Like, I just sit. Susie took that photo, apparently. Uh, Joseph just sits on the edge like that. Like, it's so cringe. So bad. And we really thought it was cool. And we were like, edited, edited that photo. Probably on Visco. And now Visco is a whole different world. But back then, that was like a well-edited Visco photo. Like, that's embarrassing. You guys are lucky you guys have all of your new technology to actually be cool on Instagram and not have to go back and archive every photo like I really need to. But all of those photos, as cringy as they are or as much as I can roast myself for them, they, what they actually really show and what they really represent is a progression of who I was to who I am now. And... It might seem really, um, it might seem really, you know, almost vain. I think because we're we're told a lot not to focus on social media. Like you, 
probably all of your parents nag you that you're on your phone too much or that you care about your whatever, social, your Snapchat or your Insta or whatever, you, your TikTok, some of you are TikTok famous. I see you. It grosses me out, but I also love it. It's very painful. No, you know what I hate is the TikToks. Okay, I'm guilty of watching TikTok. Okay, I'm sorry. But I hate the ones that are like this. It's like they play some trendy song and they're like, boys who will break your heart. And they're like, Chavez, you guys know what I'm talking about. That's so dumb. That's the stupid. There's like just six random names. You're like, yeah, that's so true, so relatable. Those are the six guys who always are mean. Like, no, there's zero. That's not correlation. That's just you being petty on TikTok. But anyways, if you made, who has made one of those videos? Jaden probably has. <laughs> Talyn definitely. Talyn probably has like a. Talyn probably has like a. What's like the Finsta version of a TikTok? Like. Talyn probably has like an underground TikTok he makes like offensive TikToks on. <laughs> I believe that. I that's true. Okay, I said it up here. It's true now. Talyn has a fake TikTok, <laughs> but a lot of us are always hearing right. We got to get off social media. So maybe it looks vain to look back at the past. But I think what looking back on our past can do for us is that it gives us perspective of what God has done in our life. It gives us perspective of the journey that God has taken us on over the years. And a lot of times when we're in the middle of a circumstance, like right now, like this week, this month, this year, it is so easy to put the blinders on and be like, there's no way that God's in this fire. There's no way God's in this because I can't see out of it. But when we step back and we look at the bigger scope, we can see, oh my gosh, there was a progression that God was taking me on this whole way along. That even though that, you know, in that moment, I felt, I felt like God wasn't coming through for me. I felt that God had maybe abandoned me. There are some of you in this room, you feel abandoned because you feel abandoned because you have a parent who has abandoned you. And so that's your reflection to God. But I'm here to tell you that God isn't someone who abandons. God, who's someone, he's someone who runs after, and he brings his arms around them. But I think it's easy if we're not looking in the bigger picture to feel the abandonment, to feel the moment, and to feel the sting of something, when really there's a way bigger picture that's at play. There's something that's so much bigger than just us. There's something that's so much bigger than just our really tough circumstance. And when I look back at these photos, when I look back at these photos, although I see the just funny stuff, just, it's just goofy, it's bad camera quality, it's 13 likes, it's posing all these photos that really mean nothing now. I, I look back also, though, and I associate these photos with memories and with seasons of my life. And when I look back to... Uh, all our friends in that photo in Seattle. Well, on the outside, I wanted to portray that I had it together. I was popular. I had this whole, you know, I was in control because I had the group. I had the friends. I was in the group chat. 
we always hang out. I get invited. In fact, I make the plans. If I don't make the plans, like, we don't hang out. And I liked that control. But the reason that I liked that control so much is because in other areas of my life, I felt really small. I felt like I had to strive all the time to be liked. So in this one area, I'm just going to pull it in. I'm going to pull in the attention. I'm going to pull in the control. And I'm going to make sure that I'm not left out. I don't know if that resonates with any of you in this room. I look back at some of those photos and I just want, I wanted to be uh, a something different. I wanted to be indie or I wanted to be artsy. I wanted to have a different perception from people than what I felt on the inside. I wanted them to see deeper than what they saw on the surface. But instead, you know, you just post a picture of like Scott's Dairy Freeze and you're like, I go to North Bend, I'm cool. <laughs> North Bend isn't cool, okay? It's just North Bend. It is kind of cool. North Bend's cool. But we have so much more to our relationship with God than our individual circumstance, than our individual moment. And I know there were times when I deliberately, this is actually a phrase I feel like my parents said to me. This is a, a key Mindy and Dave lecture phrase right here. Deliberately disobeyed. That is the phrase right there. Like, you, deli you deliberately disobeyed us. Okay? That's true. They're nodding. They're laughing because I think that phrase has come out of their mouth 1,000 times. But there were times where I deliberately, what's deliberate? Purpose. I have right, I have wrong. I'm going here. Deliberately disobeyed the will of God for my own comfort. And I deliberately disobeyed the word of God really probably because of some doubts. I don't know if you guys have ever doubted God before. My arm is real high. It's okay to doubt God. Just if anyone needs to hear that word today, it's okay to doubt God. He's bigger than your doubts. He's bigger than your fears. You can doubt him all you want, and he's still going to love you. You can't push him away with your doubts. You can't push him away with uh, your rejection. When we're, as humans, we feel rejected, so we take a step back from people or we put up a shield. When we reject God, he just draws in closer. But there were times when I knew I was, I was deliberately disobeying the will of God. I was choosing something that was my comfort. I was choosing something that was just straight up easier. And it brings me to this story of the people of Israel. And there's a lot about this in the Bible. So I'm going to give you guys kind of the super skinny version. The people of Israel were chosen by God. They were called God's holy people, the Israelites, you may have heard. The Israelites had this place that they were destined to be called the promised land. They had this place that they knew if, if they could get there, they would be protected, that it was their blessing. It was their inheritance. It was everything that they uh, had wanted, everything that they didn't even want, everything that God knew they wanted, God knew they needed. 
And, and God spoke to the Israelites and he gave them commandments and he said, hey, go ahead and follow this. Follow this and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring you to me. And the Israelites, they would do it for a while. And they'd be on their journey and they'd go, okay, God, like many of you are on your journey. You're learning how to follow God. You're learning how to walk toward him. They were on their journey. And then this other shiny thing would get introduced to them. Another, another king or, or maybe a friend of theirs would come in and say, hey, but look at this thing. This looks really good. This God over here. I, you know, am telling you that this God, yeah, I know it's not real God. I know it's this side God here, but it's been pretty good for me. I feel pretty good on it for a while. It kind of it satisfies my need to be liked and my need to be wanted for a while. So, hey, there's this God over here. They would tell the Israelites, come worship. And the Israelites would be like, you know what? You're right. I've been on this journey for so long. Where's God? Where's God now? Promised land. I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to deliberately disobey what God has asked me to do, the commandments that God has put in place for me. Maybe the leadership in our lives who said, you know what, thanks, but that journey seems like really exhausting. So I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing on the side. And the thing about it is that you might be looking at these photos or looking at me up here and you're like, yeah, but Michaela, you haven't done that much wrong because you're up there and the people up there don't do that much wrong. Ah, ah, no. <laughs> the thing is that you, what you don't see behind the photos, what people don't see behind your photos, what you don't see behind other people's photos is the journey that God's been bringing them on. That we can post a front we can put up what we want other people to see, but in reality, it's only Jesus who is really seeing where we're at with him. And there are times in these photos where I was so insecure about who I was and what my purpose was that it was so much easier to just go to something comfortable. You know? I know it's, it's not the commandments you set before me, God, I know it's not, you know, these commandments that are going to lead me to the promised land, but I feel pretty good going over here and getting attention from this guy right now. That just actually, it feels better. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but I don't really care. Because this journey, it's just too long for me. Some of us have said that. Some of us have thought that exact thing. Maybe this week. Maybe as you got into your cabin, you thought, you know what? My leader's going to challenge me on this relationship, and I'm not having it because it's just what I want. It's what's going to make me comfortable. I've thought that. What you don't see in, in these photos, what, you don't, what people don't see in your photos are the times where the pain is so deep that you're heart, so heartbroken about how things are going in your family about how things are going with your friendships, that it would be easier to just harm yourself and feel some relief. It would be easier to put up a front on a Sunday, say, I'm good, love you guys, student, being a student leader is so much fun, 
and then hide away at night. This is, this is speaking to some of you right now, that hide away at night at 2 a.m., post vaguely on your Snapchat, delete it because you do want someone to know, but you don't. And it's not you just being an attention seeker, and some, of, some people call you that. It's not that. It's you genuinely wanting to, to say, someone help. And the thing is about these Israelites is in, in church we talk about it. We're like, you stupid Israelites. Come on, God's got the promised land. But when you're on the long journey, it's tough. It's tough to say yes to the right thing every time. It's tough to keep being obedient when there's so many shiny things right there in front of you. And so something I think that some of you guys need to know tonight is that God's not ashamed of what you've done. God's not ashamed of where you've been. God's not ashamed of what you've turned to. He's proud of you. When he looks at you, he sees how clean Jesus was. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was, like, admirable because he gave up every temptation. Everything that came at him, he was like, I'm good. I can do this. He kept stepping toward the Father. That's how Jesus sees you. You're like, no. I give in every time that temptation comes up. It doesn't matter when the cross happened. When Jesus died, he took all of that from you. So when God looks at you, he sees the cross that made a bridge to make you just like Christ. And so some of us, like Taylor said, we have to drop the chain. It's already been broken. Would you drop that chain that you're holding on to that's been holding you back? That's been dictating how you see yourself. That's been dictating how you think God thinks about you. There's some of you, like we talked about earlier, right at the beginning, that when you felt the Holy Spirit tonight, you didn't feel worthy to feel God's presence. You felt unworthy to be in this room. But, but God transcends our unworthiness. And the truth is, we are unworthy. The truth is, I shouldn't be on this stage. The truth is, everything that I have is because God has graced me with it. I haven't done anything to earn it. You might be like, no, no, you, you earned it. You do all the camp papers. So what? That means nothing. We didn't earn this. God has graced us with it. God has graced us to be in this building right now. And God has graced each of you guys for your future. So you might feel like on this journey, you're like, I haven't even started. And I'm already going to everything else. And I feel way back here. And you're like, you know, if I was just one of the Israelites who was up further, they were like a few miles ahead, then when I veered off, it wouldn't be as bad. Because I'm further along in the journey. But the thing is that when we're not moving forward, we're actually stagnant. That when we even take a second to pause in our relationship with God, we're not, we're not just pausing, we're moving backwards. That we're allowing the enemy to take ground in our life, to put lies in our mind, when we could be moving forward in our faith. And so we don't have to, we don't have to compare where we're at with, some, with someone else. We don't have to compare where we're at with some of the girls in our cabin. It's not about them. It's about you and the Lord. It's not about the pastor you're seeing on Instagram post their 30-second messages. It's about you and the Lord. Oh, yeah. 
I want to invite the band to come forward as we continue here for just a few more moments. And the thing that I think we need to know in this room tonight is that just like the Israelites, God has a place of blessing for you to step into. He has an inheritance for you. He has an abundant life for you. Some of you, your heads are down, your countenance is down, not because you're taking notes right now, because you're, you're, you're ashamed. You're not sure if you believe that statement. I want to encourage you to sit, to put your shoulders back and to sit proudly with the confidence of Christ, knowing that you are redeemed, that you have a place, that when, when Jesus set the table, he set a place for you. He put your name on the place card, and he said, Come sit. He invited you into that. And there is, there is a place of abundance for you. There's a place of inheritance for you. And this week at camp, I don't believe that this message is supposed to rock your world, change your life, and that you're going to remember that first night of camp. No, no. I think that this is just the start of what God wants to do in some of you guys. That this is just the night that's going to break open the floodgates of what Christ wants to do in your heart. And I think that tonight is a night where we're going to set the stage for what God is going to do and what he's going to reveal to us. Some of you have been wondering, what's in my future? What does God have planned for me? Why can't I shake this thing? Why does this kind of drama always creep in? God has answers. The Holy Spirit can speak to you, can touch you, can give you a word of wisdom. And I think that tonight is just going to be the the starting place. It's like a a batter when they step up. You got to dust the plate off so that we can have a firm place to stand, to take that first swing. And tonight I think we're just dusting the plate off. That this is just the the starting ground for what we're going to do. There's some comforts that some of us in this room need to let go of. And there are the comforts that are physical. Okay, there's there's the comforts of drugs, of sex, the comforts of luxury. But there are some other comforts that go a lot deeper. And they're the comforts of our negative thoughts. Whichever way, God wants to free you from it if you're ready. And I think this message is for two kinds of people tonight. And I want to prepare you guys. I don't want you to feel emotionally manipulated. I don't want you to feel like you have to come up because that's camp and that's what we do at camp. I would be perfectly happy if you stay in your seat. But I think that there is... There's something that moves in us when we move. There's something that moves deep in our heart and our soul. When we physically move, we get up and we make a stand for Christ. We make a stand for who we want to be. We make a stand for our future. And so this message, it's for two kinds of people tonight. The first is this. 
that you have never believed truly that there is a promised land for you. You have never believed that there is a place of inheritance for you. I don't know if you feel unworthy or, or you just couldn't believe God was real. Either way, you're starting to see it. You're starting to believe that there could be a future, that there could be a hope for you and your situation. This message is for you tonight, that no matter, no matter how you see yourself, no matter whether you think that you are a person worthy of it or that God would have never looked your way, tonight is your night to step in to, to be bold and say, I'm ready to believe. Maybe there's a little bit of unbelief. So you're wondering if you should really come forward. But I've heard, it, I've heard it talked about like this. There's a ragged rope that we can believe in 100%. But if we still put our weight fully on that rope and pull, it's still going to snap no matter how much we believe in it. And then we can put just a tiny bit of trust. We can be like, I don't think that I'm going to survive this if I leap and grab but it's the strongest rope out there. So it doesn't matter if you don't believe in the rope, the rope still is gonna catch you. The rope is stronger than your unbelief. So maybe you have a 10% unbelief, this is for you. I think that the Holy Spirit can compensate for where we don't believe. The other kind of person that this is for tonight is for those of you who you've deliberately disobeyed. And, and no one's here assuming. No one's here judging. This is just for you and God to come to the altar and say, I'm recognizing where I'm at and I'm ready to get back on the path with you. I'm ready to recenter my life on making you Lord. There are some of you sitting next to the person that pulls you down every time. There is someone right next to you or maybe across the room and you don't know what it is, but every time you're together, that problem comes back up. It's not about them. It's about you and God. So we're going to close our eyes all around this room and the band's going to continue to play. As we get ready to respond, I want to read this scripture over you. In James 4, it talks about drawing close to God. says this in verse 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, all sinners. Purify your heart. 
for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And I know I'm the first to say, my loyalty is divided between God and the world at times. My loyalty is divided between being liked, being liked by some people in this room. I just wanna be liked so badly sometimes. But my loyalty isn't to those people. My loyalty has to be to God. So whatever he calls me to do, that's what I'm obedient to. If you're ready to accept your worthiness, if you're ready to step into the promise that God has had for you all along, if you're ready to take your eyes off your current circumstance and step back to the bigger picture and realize that God's been working since the beginning, that you can't cover up, you can't cover up anymore, you can't fix what you feel has been going on, but you're ready to turn to a place where someone calls you worthy. I want you to stand in this moment all around the room. Go ahead and stand if that's you. you when you're standing or if you wanted to respond but there's something holding you back I want to invite you into this as well go ahead and put your hands out just like this like you're ready to receive from the Lord and you will right now in this moment don't go halfway in your heart go all in let yourself be vulnerable you deserve it you deserve God's grace you deserve God's mercy Lord God I thank you for every person with their hands out right now I proclaim in Jesus' name that they are whole, that they see themselves as a new creation in Christ, that they're about to step forward into a new season of their life where they can't be held back by thoughts of doubt, by thoughts of unworthiness. And God, that you would do something fresh that no matter how many times they've stood before and they thought, hey, maybe it just didn't stick, that you would rid them of that thought right now in Jesus' name, that their salvation has never been lost. Jesus, I pray for the minds of all of the young women who are standing right now, that you would put worthiness into their head, that you would put worthiness on their mind, on their heart. Some of you have allowed the thoughts of unworthiness to keep you held back for so long. And God's reminding you you're whole. God's reminding you you deserve it. God's reminding you right now that he sees you as he saw Christ, completely clean, no mistakes. God, I thank you 
that the gift of salvation is being received, but that it's being understood, that you're transcending our thoughts right now and that we're able to receive the full weight of what it means to walk in God's promise for us, that you have abundant life for each of these individuals, that you have a life they couldn't even dream of, a life that maybe they've been holding themselves back from, but tonight's gonna be a new place where they step into it in full. You guys can continue to stand and I wanna pray for this second person. This is those of you, and maybe you're already standing and this is you too, that's okay. You know in your heart, it's not about showing anyone else what's going on. This is the individual that you've put up the front, you've had it all together, But you've said, between me and God, I've been disobeying. Between me and God, I've run to comfort. Just right here between me and the Lord, I want to make it right. I want to get back with him. There's no place as sweet as that. Why am I running to these other places? Why am I so resistant to the journey? This is for you. If that's you, go ahead and stand all around this room.